0: Welcome to Let's Get Social with me, Philip Twyver, to the Curly Marketer, social media strategist and management.
1: And me, Eimear Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer.
0: So if you're confused about social media
1: or not sure what channels to use, well, we've got you covered on
0: Let's Get Social.
1: So, Mr. T, it's Friday. How's your week been?
0: Very good, very good. Uh, as you know, as I probably, the way you like to talk about cooking and baking, um, I'm, on my cy- I'm on my cycling buzz. Uh, yeah. as we, and, um, and this week I decided to get myself, and sorry about all the tough guys that are listening to the show, got myself a pair of padded cycling tights. <laughs> <laughs> so my oh. my body totty doesn't get sore on the saddle because I, I tell you when you're cycling early in the morning and you you, you reach a certain point, the behind gets achy. So I don't I really the, want to
1: think about your behind.
0: <laughs> well, I got I got the padded tights. It was a, it was a good <laughs> godsend.
1: <laughs> Please don't so, post that. Please don't post that. No, Actually. No. Talk about buying things. I'm in two minds. I've got to get, get a gift for the hobby. You know, the old Christmas oh, season yeah. is coming up. And yes. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. does like his gadgets. Mm. He's a hard man to buy for.
0: Yeah. So,
1: um, and uh, he does not, he's a chef and he does not like cooking gadgets, but he likes other kinds of gadgets. So, uh, and you're always on Amazon on your little app when you're not on your bike. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Or no one knew you'd probably do both at the same time. Mm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I like to multitask, you know, mm. so as I'm cycling, I'm cycling and buying.
1: Ah, so uh, any oh, yeah. any tips for me there? What, what do you think's uh, hot and trendy or have you a clue?
0: I really haven't a clue. Like, have you bought stuff through Amazon before for your husband?
1: I have bought stuff, but I've had to return stuff because when it arrived, it doesn't look like what it said.
0: No, Amazon do have a, they have, they have, a very advanced search that you can actually put in a search for gifts for husbands or for men really? and it'll throw up a, a load of suggestions for you. The only reason I know that is because I've gone on and searched for gifts to give myself
2: ah
0: <laughs> so so check that out you know charity yeah, it's becomes
1: you. at home is it
0: <laughs> absolutely no if your husband likes music you know maybe there's uh like as i said we we got on amazon um Lovely wireless. Um, I think they're Sonica. I think it is as the brand, but they're wireless speakers that I've connected by Bluetooth to my phone, and we have two of them: one upstairs, sorry, one in the kitchen, one upstairs. Mm-hmm. And if okay. he likes music, yeah, he can get it from his phone. Uh,
1: unfortunately, he thinks he likes music. I right. don't like his music. Ah, right.
0: He's. I'm thinking well.
1: I'll have to get earplugs, maybe.
0: Right, maybe. So, or,
1: so maybe. yeah. Well, I'll look into that. Okay. But um, talking of earplugs, am I going to have to have a set now? i just have a look and see if I have a set because I know what <laughs> you're going to do next.
0: No, I tell you, the, the, this is definitely your favorite part of the show. I know you, you like to try and admit that it isn't, but it is yours. And I'd say it's the listener's favorite part of the show and the guests. The guests really deep down love the jokes. And I know they take them away and use them in their own presentations, especially with their own customers. So, uh, well, so Yeah.
1: Well, all I can say is like our guest today, he has a lovely line going, Do you wanna? I, I'm seriously gonna say no, I don't want this,
0: but okay, nice. um Okay.
1: But uh go on.
0: Okay, you like this one. Go did on. you did you hear about the salesperson who sold a lot of freezers over the phone?
1: No, I did not.
0: Yeah, they they mostly did cold calls. <laughs>
1: That's good,
0: and you can use that one special (laughs) guest in the background who's not fake laughing I like it (laughs) Uh,
1: I can't believe I actually laughed at that one it
0: did oh Oh, Oh, my god God. maybe you're
1: starting to wear me down I don't know but um (laughs) as ever all I have to say that actually was a good one um if you find today's social media joke engaging and would love more of them you are in luck And they're not just for Christmas. I keep thinking you're going to bring out Christmas crackers. But anyway, um, you can catch uh, Philip's previous social media jokes and indeed our other shows. by hopping onto our podcast on the Let's Get Social show on Podbeam, iTunes, Spotify, and the Dublin South FM website. Are you going to bring Uh, out Christmas crackers?
0: You never know. Uh, uh, Maybe I'll have to just start writing my own jokes because otherwise I'd be sued for copyright, you know, so
1: you need a few drinks, though, with them, wouldn't you? But anyway, we'll we'll move on. on. So today we have a guest, a lovely guest. Her name is Victoria. It's a lovely name. Victoria Fleming, the director of Buzztastic, which is a sales performance consultancy based in the northeast of England. That's one place I haven't been to yet. Um, One day I'll get there. Here to help you increase your sales, what's not to like... I have to say, with an amazing background in training, coaching, mentoring, sales, as well as consultancy and strategy and growth, and is passionate about. Our success, Philip, I'm convinced she's passionate for, about our
0: success. Well, hopefully she's still passionate after hearing that joke, but hey. Yeah, true. Um, and one thing about Victoria that we've learned is she is energetic and innovative and she devises sales strategies, streamlining processes, empowers your team, supports your managers and makes sure your people are amazing at working with your customers with the goal of impacting your sales results. She asked, do you want us? We of course say yes. We do want it. Welcome, Victoria Fleming, to Let's Get Social.
2: Oh, it's like brilliant to be here, and that is the best sales joke I've heard all week. So that is like <laughs> that is like high praise from me. So I, uh, I'm enjoying that. I've taken a note. I will be using it.
0: Use that joke, Victoria. <laughs> do and, do you, and
2: don't forget to tag him. As they say,
1: Um, actually,
0: uh, I can tag me probably.
1: (laughs) So, do you think he's going to make it as a social media comedian? Uh, I don't understand why he hasn't
2: already. I mean, you know.
0: (laughs) Victoria, we love. I love you already, Victoria. Great stuff.
1: So, tell me you don't want any more of them, please, because <laughs> I, I get this every week. But anyway, <laughs> so on that note, we'd like more insight on selling at this time, because you know what, with COVID and online, uh, is just like you know ramping up sales wise. People are just buying online. Philip is an Amazon addict. Um, so, um, <laughs> I was going to say to you, Victoria, it's great to have you here. Thank you very much for joining us. Um, there, there are people out there and they're saying to themselves, I feel bad. How can I sell now that we're in lockdown? Because you don't want to look like you're too salesy on social media. What's your, what's your take on that?
2: Oh, you know what? It's been, it's been such an interesting year, hasn't it? I think interesting um, is one way of, of putting it. Yeah. And I think that it's, you know, everyone's had so many challenges here. And I think one of the big challenges that people have had is getting to the point where they think, yes, I know there's stuff going on in the world. Yes, I know that some of that isn't necessarily very positive. Um but actually, I still need to run a business. I still need to sell. So, I, how do I do that? Because I think a lot of people have felt like a little bit difficult about that. I mean, I don't know if you come across this at all, but it's a lot of the people I've been talking to. They're like, "Oh, I can't, can't sell now." I mean, it's not really the right time, is it? You know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, there has been a very much a well. There certainly, I did see a sort of a shift when we kind of hit kind of sort of COVID uh, mm. full on in March here in Ireland. I think we saw business from March, April, May, that sort of that three-month period, become very yeah. more empathetic, you know, and it was on, but, you know, let's work together, let's shop support local, community, shop local mm. support communities. And then we sort of moved into sort of June, July, then business suddenly became the norm, you know, with COVID. Yeah. Yeah. And people felt, I, I exactly as you said, I have a business to run, so let's try and find innovative ways. But now... I suppose it's a bit probably similar in the UK, um, where, you know, the spikes of COVID are starting to increase again. We're going into different phases and now business, there's a sort of a, it's a kind of trying to find, be empathetic, but I I need to sell to survive as such.
2: Yeah, very much. And I think it's, it's a challenge as well, because actually I think it's that whole um, thing around I think a lot of people, when we first, when this all first kicked off, kind of thought, "Oh, it's a few months; like we'll ride it out, and then like life will go back to normal." Mm. And I think what everyone's realised is, you know, this is normal now. This is the way it's going to be. So I think because of that, um, it's really evident that people need to find ways to feel comfortable with that. Mm. And I think that for me, a lot of the clients I've been working with, it's been about looking at what they actually deliver for their clients. You know, be it a product or a service. And actually thinking about does this product or service still fulfill a need? And actually, strangely, for most of the people who I'm, I talk to, it does. It does mm. still fulfill a need. People still need it. Um, you know, they still need that that service that you're offering. The challenge is, is that um, what is important to them right now might have shifted.
0: Mm. And yeah. I think
2: that's a bit that people have, have like had a real sort of challenge with. And I think that comes on two fronts. One is, is that... They've found some of the conversations they're then having have maybe become a little bit more emotional. (laughs) I know I was working with like one client and, you know, we went into lockdown and um, they had people actually working on the phones at that point in time. And they were they were ringing up and saying, oh, how are you coping with COVID? And what that led to was quite an emotional outpouring, which as a salesperson, actually, it was, it was difficult for them to deal with, you know. Yes, yeah. think, oh. And you know what? You're not going to sell after that. <laughs> you yeah, know yeah, so, yeah. you know, even just at that point, like small changes, like thinking about the emotion were really important. So, you know, one of the changes that we made there was, you know, we got them to say, you know, how are you finding working from home? And what was good about that was it took some of the emotion out, but also it opened up a conversation about where the business was now and how they were working now, which then um, you know gave me the opportunity to talk business again. Yeah. So I think with um, some of these things, it's about accepting that we are where we are. Reflecting on your product or service and looking at how you can sort of fit that to the the world that we're in right now. And that might mean that you need to make a little bit of a tweak. And I think there's been a, I don't know, in in Ireland, in the UK, there's been an awful lot of talking about pivoting. Has there been much talk of that across an island? Well, I'll give you a laugh. That's actually Philip's one of his favorite phrases
1: pivoting.
0: Um, <laughs> to pivot, I pivoted my joke from last week to a cracker this week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah we you think you did. Um, I
1: mean, I, I do a lot of training myself, and I used to be face to face, Victoria. And now, if anybody yeah. said to me, like you know, uh, eight months ago, you would be doing Zoom, so I would have gone, not a hope,
2: you know. Um, and now it's every day, absolutely. And I think that's a great example of where what you've actually done is you you haven't. I don't necessarily think that's really pivoting because you're actually doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. The only thing that's really changed is your delivery mechanism. Yeah. So I think that's just about, and I think that's really important because I think sometimes people think they're, you know, a lot of people I've been taught with, they think they need to like change everything. Yeah, And actually sometimes it's just about changing the delivery mechanism or changing the way they um, package up or present something. One of the um, clients that um, I've been working with, they... Uh, do outsource marketing hmm. and understandably they a lot of their clients sort of felt, look now it's not the time we don't need this big marketing thing at the moment, so we're going to pull back from that um, which was really understandable and you know the, the guy I was with was like, I totally understand that and I can understand that they're considering you know where to invest right now while they take stock and, and look at what the world looks like. Yeah. Um, but equally, one of the things I said to him was I said, okay, so where is the opportunity? You can't tell me there's no opportunity. And he said, well, actually, I guess there is an opportunity with all these companies who furloughed off their marketing departments. Hmm. So they don't have marketing staff right now, but actually they do need some sort of a marketing presence. So maybe I could do something around that. And actually, he's done really well with that approach. So all he's done is packaged up his products and services and actually turned that into um, a, you know, we'll keep your brand alive online type service mm. that he specifically then went out and targeted at those people who had actually, you know, reduced the number of staff working in that area.
0: Yeah, no, it's a it's very good point.
2: interesting. Yeah. There was yeah. just sort of diff- different, different ways of um, approaching that, you know?
0: Like, I suppose you touched on it there, Victoria, um, for a lot of businesses, you know, with COVID, um, like myself and emer unlike yourself, we're business owners. Um, no, we are lucky that we you can utilize tools like Zoom and and the the offline and the online sort of ability to still communicate what we do. Um, for businesses, you know, that are more say your brick and mortar, like say the boutiques or any like that. For for a lot of them, and I know I've heard it, and I'm sure Emer is the same. You know, a lot of them have kind of say, you know, we're really worried. My products or service may not work anymore because I need the customers to physically come in to the shop, say. Um, yeah. Rather than kind of say, how can they sell, is there a way that you, you can approach it for a business or to help a business to help them change that that mindset as such that, listen, you know, can you go virtually, maybe look at e-commerce, um, is there a way that you can help a business to kind of maybe reframe or re-look at that it's not all doom and gloom? <laughs>
2: Right. One of the big things that I really, really miss is post-it notes around a table with a client. I am such a big fan. Do you like post-it notes?
0: <laughs> Wallpaper. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, <laughs> okay. yeah. It's strategy
1: for his jokes. Do you not know yeah. that? <laughs> yeah.
0: Turn off the screen, lock the door, put the heating on, get my lunch. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I think think post-it notes are amazing. And I think Mm. if you're sat there right now and you're thinking, okay, I'm not really sure what to do. Um, I know I need to make more money. I know I need to sell more. I know what I have been doing is no longer working. Then I think if you've got any of those questions, then sitting down Mm. with some post-it notes is a great place to start. Mm. Um, And in my office, I've got like a white, glossy desk thing and I love to use my big like bright colored pens my post-it notes and my white table Mm -hmm. and literally it's just that whole thing about trying to really think outside the box okay so like what's my product what could my product be and I think that's a really good question as well. I think especially if you sell a physical product, you know, mm. what tweaks and changes might you be able to make there? Uh, we've got a great example over here with um, BrewDog. Do you get mm. BrewDog beer across there at all?
0: Never come across that.
2: No. no. Oh, right. BrewDog. Oh, we love BrewDog across in the UK. And we especially love them after what they've done this year. So when they we first went into lockdown, they make beer. So it's right. alcohol, you know? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And what they oh, oh. very quickly realized was... Yeah we're not going to sell as much beer. So what could we do instead? What could we do with our product? What could we do with the tools that we've got? Mm. So what they did was they said, well, we can make hand sanitizer. That's what we can do. So Punk Dog, I think they called it Punk Dog Hand Sanitizer, was born. And that's what they did. They put an amount of their capacity across to using the the distillery part of their um, business into Mm. making hand sanitized. And it actually got to a point, and it was hilarious, that they ran out of containers to put it in. So literally, you were buying this hand sanitizer. There were shouts out on social media, like, has anyone got any type of containers just to put this in to sell it? (laughs)
0: Wow.
2: So the two, yeah, it was. So the two great things about that was, one was they got some amazing publicity, not least because that whole, you know, we're in it together type spirit and they'd found something their customers did need Mm. Um, but equally they've then really ridden a wave since then and they've then come out like when we've we've come out they've now got a whole load of branded beers which are branded on some of the things that have happened over the last um, 12 months so um, Mm. they've got a a beer called Barnard Castle which is of course the place where one of the government ministers famously came to up here to test his eyes so it's Barnard Castle Ale it makes your eyes go funny you know it's all that kind of thing Right. So I think that's a great example of, you know, they, they had a product and they thought, you know, this product is still good, but mm-hmm. right now I'm not going to make the money I need to with it. So what else can I do? So I think you really need to reflect about your product. And then I think yeah. the other thing people need to think about is their route to market. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I've seen some fantastic stuff. I know, you know, sort of some of the online stuff that people have been doing. I know somebody who their shop was shut down um, and they do handbags, that's, that's what they do. So they had just received all their stock um, and they're like, we've oh just no. received our stock like basically from the year. We've already paid for it, like how do we pay our mortgage now? Because we've paid all the money out, Yes. what do we do? Um, And they just started selling on Facebook. They just started literally just going live and just doing like QVC style selling. But they were hilarious because they were scared of it. So they'd have a couple of glasses of wine first. (laughs) Like, I think oh, that's, that's what sweet. I'm gonna have to do. <laughs> it was totally genius. But what was great about it was it became like a bit of an event. So she'd be sat there with her wine, saying, "Right, so what, what's everyone drinking tonight? I'm drinking this, blah blah blah." So it became a bit of a social thing, um, right. and that's and when we've like when everything's opened up and relaxed a little bit, but more. Yes, he still does that once a week. Um, yeah. Great. <laughs> and it's be- it's because it's actually opened up a new audience to her. And yeah. that new audience is outside of her local area because online, she was obviously in, in via Facebook with her friends sharing it and liking and stuff. Yes. She was able to reach more people. So that's actually now given her a second string to her business, which as we're going in and out of lockdown, you yes. know, it's giving her another way of delivering it. So her product stayed the same, but her route to market, her route to customers, the way that she was going to sell changed. Mm. And I think that just brainstorming all this kind of stuff out on post-it notes and then go through and score it all just literally score it all how much do I like this as an idea and just see what you come up with I always find it's a great way of just getting some of these like slightly crazier ideas out your head Um, and so I just coming up with something a bit different you know I think you know what be different we're not all sheep you don't follow the flock I know Philip
0: doesn't anyway,
1: but, um, (laughs) what I was going to say, I'm the,
0: I'm the the shepherd. You
1: think? Um, but it's like, you know, people say to me like, you know, oh, I don't want to go on video. I go, I know how you feel, but, um, and they go, oh, I haven't got the time. And actually Victoria, we all have the time, you know, I mean, you know, they're all saying, I don't have enough time. Um, I need to make the same money or more money because I've got more overheads because, you know, um,
2: um," what what would you say to them? Oh, I think, you know what, we've, I think we're all time poor. I think we all always have been, we always will be. And I think that'll never change. Um, Mm -hmm. I think the key thing is here, there is, I think you should categorize what you do into three different slots. And I think this what people don't always do. The first stuff is the stuff that like you have to do. So this is about your client delivery. So it might be that you know you you have to order stock for your shop. You have to, you know, run that client meeting because actually that's what you're being paid to do or whatever it might be. So there's that first category of stuff which is like it's almost like the work in your business if that makes sense. I think the second bit is the back end stuff. And this is like all of The admin, if you like, and that's like the emails and the accounts and all, you know, all the other things that you need to do. And then there's the third category, and that's the stuff that you might be doing around um, self-development or um, promoting your business, which is, you know, things like this, or maybe go networking or whatever it might be. And I think what's really helpful is for a week or two, just actually looking at what time you're spending in those three categories. And the reason for that is because I think that quite often um, what people identify is their time in one of those three slots is um, disproportionate. Yes. Mm. And I think that, you know, I'll I'll be really honest. I'm a great one. I'm an absolute great one for category two stuff for my business. Oh, I mean, trust me. Oh, no. I started my, I started my career with Sage. I know how to do accounts. Do you know how long it takes me to do my accounts? Ugh. <laughs> oh. um, and I, I, you know, so I know what I'm doing, but it's just not what I'm good at. I'm spending all this time, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, You're better it, off it, delegate or send it out. Exactly. If it doesn't add, it takes away. Isn't that what they say? It, so. Completely, And I mean, what I realized on doing this exercise was actually I was spending all this time doing stuff that was rubbish art. And actually, I could just pay somebody to do for me. And yeah. what that really meant was either I could have a bit more time in my life for other things or alternatively, I could spend a bit more time in the first category, which is the stuff that I get paid for. Hmm. So, um, yeah, I really think people should take a measure on what they're doing and think about that because I think that I, especially um, when people are uncertain about what to do to build success in their business, hmm. it's quite often in category two that back-end business stuff where people can hide if that makes sense yeah and then the
1: other thing as well is if you plan it out well then you will have the time to do your live video and show your handbags off philip you know
0: no absolutely i think you make a very valid point victoria because i think what happens is and this happened to me and uh i had to be very strict on myself and, and how i approached this was i found that i'd be kind of Spending so much time servicing my clients, um, going way in above board what maybe had mm. been budgeted for, and I was spending less and less time on the promotion of my own business or doing yeah. my own marketing or going into the back end of my website to see well what, what's happening. And now I put those things in. So if I know what I have to do with, say a video, I put it in my calendar almost like it's a client meeting. Yeah, yeah, so an hour. Or so Friday two to three or whatever it might be curly marketer video and it's sacrosanct and if someone needs to meet me and say well i can't do two to three maybe three to four or whatever it might be Mm -hmm. and and it is about you're right it is about being disciplined and trying to ensure that you're trying to find balance that you're focusing both your your the work that you you like and the client work but also running the business in the business and out of the business all that kind of stuff um
2: i think the other thing is as well i think um it's really interesting what you say about you know prioritizing your business because quite often um the challenge that um you know when i'm talking to people is i'll say to people okay so what do you do for sales in your business Hmm. And they'll be like, oh, well, um, we send these emails and we do this and we do that. I'm like, right, okay, so what do you do to sell in your business? Oh, well, i got this networking event. And I'm like, right, so what do you do to sell in your business? <laughs> and it sounds like quite challenging about it, but it's because what I quite often find is that there's a lot of marketing goes on Mm. Which is great, but that's because it's quite easy to send an email and kind of like go, brilliant, done, tick. Yeah, But I've got a real view that the the reason that marketing and sales work together is because marketing is um, very reactive. So you put stuff out there. Mm -hmm. and you hope you hope someone picks up the phone and rings you you hope someone direct messages you you hope that that happens um sales to me is about that proactive approach Mm -hmm. it's about actually going out there and getting business it's about picking up the phone and ringing somebody it's about meeting someone and like having that conversation Mm -hmm. and of course this is why sales and marketing work so well because marketing should be generating some of the insights around who it might be a good idea to pick up the phone and, and have a conversation with but so many of the people that i talk you aren't doing any of that actual outreach, you know, and it's, Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think when you're scheduling your day and you're structuring your week, um, you know, I'm quite often saying to people, okay, so how many sales calls are you going to make this week? I'm going to make five. I'm like, brilliant. So are you going to do that five all in one batch? You're going to do one a day, you know, where is it in your diary? When are you going to do it? Let's track the results. Um, and it sometimes sounds like a little bit harsh, but it is the difference sometimes between, um, having interest in your product or service and having sales and like money coming in for your product or service. It's just that little bit of proactive approach there. I mean, how do you find that with your clients?
0: Yeah, I think, um, yeah, there is very much that. I think there is a, like I always would say the social media kind of approach that I take, I always kind of say to clients, Let's approach everything from the strategic mm. point of view. You know, just don't kind of say, oh, let's be on Twitter or myself and Emer's favorite channel, TikTok. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, um, you know, well, are your clients on TikTok? Have you got time to do TikTok? Uh, yeah. I, you know, well, no, not really. Well, why are we even considering this? You know,
1: um, oh, it's because everyone else is doing it on the go.
0: Yeah. So, um, <laughs> no, they're not. So I think you're right. Like I remember before I I would do what I do now, um, I did cold calling, but you're you're spot on because we used to, uh, my original background was direct marketing. So direct mail, personalized direct mail, which actually in the social context is making a a comeback Mm. because it's that personalized piece of communication that pops in through the letterbox. Yeah, absolutely. it's, It's not a tweet or a Facebook post, but you're right. We used the direct mail to market the business. But then it was me getting on the phone call to say, hey, did you get the piece of mail? I'm Philip. I sent you the, whatever it was in the post. Oh, I did get that. Great. uh, to Thank you for calling. I I meant to give you a call back, but I have so many things on my desk. So it needed the proactive follow-up as such. So you're you're right.
1: It is nice to get a call, you know. Oh, it's lovely to get a call, isn't it? Oh, yeah. You know, I mean, we're all hiding behind social media. You know, there's no, although I keep saying it is a two way street, um, but people who make a comment, you make a comment back and it's like nearly like comment table tennis, you know,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's where and you I win and do your direct message and then go, let's take this offline. Would you like a coffee? Well, it'll have to be virtual yeah. coffee but, you know.
2: Yeah. And I think that's the whole point. I think I think it's being clear that you're making time in your business to do that kind of thing. Because yeah. um, if you're not making the time to eventually have the little coffee with people, then, um, you, you know, you've wasted all that time that you've put into that in some ways, haven't you? Yeah,
0: you no, know, you have. And, and that does lead out nicely to this this question, Victoria. Um, because this is unfortunately is, has been a sad reality for no doubt business in the UK. I know it's been businesses for Ireland uh, with COVID, where people have lost clients or lost business. Uh, like we have personal friends, myself and Emer, who their whole business has yeah has literally gone under to a certain extent because their clients now can be working from on home. Their services aren't required. Um, is there a is there a approach? that you'd find you take or when you're talking with say a business as in Victoria, we've lost, we've lost clients. How can I replace them? You know, is it customer relationship management or is it kind of refocusing on another niche within the business or how do you approach it?
2: Yeah. So I think, and you're absolutely right around that. I think that's, that's been, you know, happening across this year and it it will continue to happen. Um, I think that there's, three key strands I always try and pull on with this. I think the first thing is, I'm always really keen to make sure people are actually engaging and working with the customers that they still do have. Mm-hmm. And that's for a couple of reasons. One is, of course, you want to make sure that they're being really sticky with you and they're not going anywhere and that they're still being successful. Yeah. I think the other thing is, is, that especially in this day and age, right now, it's you know, the marketplace out there is really crowded, I think, across the board. And I think that for existing clients, it's a great opportunity to ask for a referral mm-hmm. I think we quite often don't do this. We're a bit like, oh, I couldn't possibly do that. But yeah. you know what? Most of our clients who think we're amazing would be delighted. It's just never crossed their mind to do that. Mm. Um, and the way that I do it, actually, I don't reference the referral word. I never, I never talk about referrals. I talk about introductions. Mm. And the reason for that is a referral is a little bit more throwaway. So if someone asks for a referral... Then you know I've I've spoken to people before, and they're like, oh yeah, you can speak to Bob from you know the road, the shop down the road. He'll he'll probably be a good match for you. Mm. Um, and then you're kind of left to go and knock on Bob's door. <laughs>
0: Yeah, Which, All right. you know, oh. it's,
2: it's fine. But, you know, I want more than that. You know, I, yeah. I Mr. Client, I've done a great job for you. I want more than you just telling me I can go and knock on Bob's door. Mm. And I want a lovely, warm introduction. And what I really want my client to do is to introduce me and to say, Bob, this is Victoria. Victoria's done a fantastic job with us for XYZ and for that reason I thought you know she'd be someone who would be amazing for you to know and Victoria I thought Bob would be a great match for you because he's really big onto XYZ which I know you can make a big impact on and that introduction it doesn't have to be face-to-face i have had introductions on zoom calls before mm-hmm. um and equally i have had them on email before where people have done like a three-way email with that kind yeah. of a tone but i think asking for an introduction is very helpful because it, it is more of a two-way thing it is more like you know when you meet someone in the pub so yeah. it's much warmer than just you could speak to fred from down the road so i think First of all, like really think about your existing customers, make sure that they're happy, ask them for introductions, and also think about anything else you could do to support them.
0: Mm.
2: They're already buying off you. Some businesses have actually been extremely successful across this year. You know, actually, do they need more of what you do? Some of my clients I've actually increased the amount of work that I'm doing with them because they've had um, some additional challenges that they're dealing with, some additional opportunities. Mm. So I think don't be, you know, so make sure that you understand and are close enough to those existing customers to see if there's anything more you can do with them. I think the second thing is to think about your previous customers. Now, okay, if you've just lost them, you know, if they've just told you XYZ has happened and, you know, so I'm not going forward anymore. They're not the people I'm talking about, but have a look on your books. Who have you worked with over the last year, two, three, four years, who actually you had a great relationship with, you did a great job together, And actually, it might just be nice just to pick up the phone and just say hello to, because Mm -hmm. you never know where people are now. And again, they've already got that warm feel for you. So if you've got previous customers, um, you know, I've had customers previously who I've I've done like a piece of project work with. Mm -hmm. So at the end of that project, obviously, we've gone our separate ways. But actually, when I've picked up the phone at a later date just to, you know, check in how things are going, what was the outcome of the project we worked on together, all that kind of thing. You know, that's a very nice open general conversation, which quite often leads people to say, actually, you know, it's really handy that you rang because... And again, that's just like a real fast track. You know, people who already know you are a great route. And then I think it's about going out and looking for new clients. And I think, again, this is where sometimes people um, have a few more challenges. I think it's where social can be really helpful because Mm -hmm. you can go out and look for people who look like your existing clients. Yeah. But you want to make it personal. That's the big difference though, isn't it?
0: No, very much so. And I have just had a fantastic idea for you, Victoria. Um, Come on then. (laughs) Beamer's <laughs> probably going to kill me for saying this, but you can now reach out to those clients with the warm, fuzzy feeling and say, hey, it's Victoria. I have this cracking social media joke for you. Oh, no. <laughs> and, and you can use my joke about the freezer salesperson and cold. Yeah, cold cold. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and... Uh-huh. Uh, and you can rekindle that relationship. for.
1: And, and you can go, uh, that's my attempt of hashtag Monday motivation.
2: Not. That, that's the one. But, but you see, the thing is, this is how can we know that the Philip is a marketer and not a salesperson? Because he, he's a marketer. He came up with this great idea from what you go and approach people with. Yeah. But he's not a salesperson. He's a salesperson, he could have said. And you know, you can do that for only 10% commission on every sale you
0: make. <laughs> see, you're the, you're the salesperson, Victoria. That's your job. You know,
1: i have to say like you know even before covid you know there were people out there that were kind of going uh i i, I just like my I, people know where i am you know um you know this all the selling online i don't think about that because i've been here 30 years 40 years whatever it is uh, I feel like I've been here 30, 40 years. Uh, but anyway, um, <laughs> oh, have, have I? Yeah, have, actually.
0: I was um, going to say 50 years. Ooh. <laughs> oh,
1: oh, oh, you're looking, you are not in the studio with me today. Um, <laughs> uh, I was going to say, so they're all going, okay, everybody suddenly started to sell online. How the hell do I stand out and get noticed? Now, I keep saying, you need to do your live videos, which I know I'm pushing, <laughs> but... You know, you have to have that little bit of uh, a USP. What would you say, Victoria?
2: I would I would so agree with this. And I think that, um, I think this is about being prepared to embrace your uniqueness. And I think thinking about, someone's asked me what I wanted to be famous for. And I looked at them blankly and I still don't know if I've got an answer for that, but it's a really interesting question. What do you want to be famous for? What do you want people to know you for? And I wouldn't say I'm famous for for some of this stuff, but what I do think is there are certain things that people identify with me and they identify it with me is because um, I made a really conscious decision about stuff that I was happy to have as part of my image and about who I am and so on and so forth. So... That allows me to stand out a little bit. So stuff that people will quite often see from me on social media is stuff about my shoes, because I really like shoes. I really like pirate jokes. So no. I've right. a um, great
0: pirate joke for you anyway, Victoria, before we go. So.
2: Are we gonna yeah. tease and close the show with that then?
0: Yeah, yeah, I'll be <laughs> okay, with right. that. I'm gonna hold you yeah. to it,
2: mine. <laughs> but you know, and I think the point is is that this is the kind of stuff that people quite often think, well, who cares? Like, why would people wanna know that? People just want to know a little bit about you, about who you really are, because yeah. I think social media quite often you don't know who you're talking to. And I think the real way to stand out is to just be uniquely yourself, but be a little bit clear about yeah. These are the few things that I'm really gonna go out and sort of shout about. So now people quite often you'll see on social, they'll be like, Oh my god, saw this pirate joke, thought of you, and they'll tag me in it, or I'm sure this happens with you as well, Philip. So, you know, you get tagged in jokes, or I'll get tagged in like, you know, a new I mini
0: sonic
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: I actually did a presentation way back when I was mad enough to get up in front of people. And um, I did it with, Philip knows I talk about cooking analogies all the time. So I'm into Facebook optimization, Twitter optimization, all social channel optimization. And I keep saying it's a bit like, you, you don't half bake a cake and then try and ice it. It just doesn't work. So there's me with two cakes, Victoria. One was a plain sponge, which I actually baked myself, which was actually quite sad looking. And then I had a lovely Victoria. Was. I, I was going to say Victoria sponge, but it wasn't. It was Black Forest Gallow. I should have said Victoria sponge, but anyway. So, and I'm going, which which do you prefer? And they're all pointing at the, the Victoria sponge. No, wasn't it wasn't, um, as I say. But they really did have no love for my for my sponge, the one that I baked. So when I went through the whole presentation, talked about, you know, you need to make sure you have all the right ingredients and you want to get out, you know, uh, cook it at the right time and, and share it out at the right time and all that kind of thing. And um, they turned around one guy who's, he does a lot of presentations. And it says Every time I see cake, I think of you. And I'm thinking, is that quite worrying? I'm thinking... <laughs> <laughs> So we time he goes into a cake yeah, we're a supermarket and sees a cake, and thinks, hey, I'm thinking his wife won't be too happy, but anyway. <laughs> um, but that just shows that's just That's fantastic, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I just, because yeah. I keep thinking people eat with their eyes and I was trying to say, how do you make social media optimization interesting? So that's mm. for it, and then of course the cake talk started on the show, yeah. and yeah, I keep on. It has, hasn't
0: stopped. <laughs> no, it hasn't I keep stopped. on
1: threatening yeah. To, yeah. to turn on yeah. the
2: oven and bake a cake. But you see, I think I think this is really important. I think sometimes when um, you know for, for people that I'm talking to, if they're not already sort of out there on social media, mm. um, it's really easy to think, oh, I'm going to put like my business on social media, and it's going to be like this about the business, that about the business. And like sometimes you just sort of think, oh, I'm so bored. Mm. (laughs) So just really bored, you know, make it more exciting. I think this is where, you know, bringing that bit of like personality and, you Mm. know, those things that, that... people can start to identify with you very easily yeah. you know i was at a business show before this kicked off and literally someone came running up and went yeah i haven't seen you for ages let's see the shoes and that was the first <laughs> like sentence out of their mouth yeah. and some people would have been deeply offended that they weren't really interested in talking to me they just want to look at my shoes but i was delighted oh, <laughs> as in <laughs> they'd sort of done that thing of like oh my goodness it's it's victoria she's the one with the shoes so they would remembered me you know and that that's yeah. like really important I think. So I think it's about, you know, just taking that and running with it really.
0: I think you just had, I think we've realized myself and Emer that even though we're all on digital channels, people still want to buy from people. You know, they still want the personality. 100 um, like, we like we were talking, Victoria, before we come on air about Andrew and Pete, who myself and Emer were delighted to have on the show there a number of months back. And yeah. Andrew and Pete, when we talked to them, are exactly the way you see them on their social channels. You yeah. know, so lively, completely- lively you know, where we've come across people who you know, they are one way on social, but then could be very different when you meet them in person. And mm. um and I suppose that's always myself and We're trying to be consistent, you know. Yeah, yeah. We are. I think delicious.
2: the other thing is as well, you've got to think about, I mean, I, the, Well, this one of the big realizations to me, and I, you know, I, I, I'm totally with you, by the way, you're on video. I'm a big fan of, of video. I know it's not for everybody, but for me, because I deliver a service and that service is generally training, consulting, it's working with teams mm-hmm. um, and with sales leaders. Like if you don't like me, that's never going to work.
0: <laughs> so,
2: yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't mean it nastily, but I, you know, if you don't like me, like you're going to hate working with me. You're not going to want to work with me. Yeah. So one of the benefits I feel with the video that I do for my business is very much about the fact that I know some people see it and they go, oh my goodness, she is not for me. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? that's totally fine. Yeah. That's yeah. completely fine. Because actually what that means is equally there's a group of people who've seen it and gone, oh, wow, she's great. We've got to talk to her. Yeah. So in some ways, it's it's a really helpful way of qualifying as well. You know, you're qualifying mm-hmm. out people who, who don't like, you know, who you're not their cup of tea. And I'm cool if someone is not my I'm not someone's cup of tea. And yeah. it's just saved me a t- load of time and having to do that in a conversation or whatever. Yeah. It's far easier for them to have seen something that's very consistent with who you are and that you're very happy about them taking a black or white view on um, before you know earlier in the process to decide if they think you're great and a lot of fun or if they think you're um annoying <laughs> <laughs> Well, it's like life, you don't get on with everybody and there are people in
1: this world that, you know, no matter what you do, you'll never please them. Um, and then there are people out there that will always like you. So, you know, um, it's swings and roundabouts really, you know, I mean, you just have to say, look, just keep going as you are, you know, um, you can't be something you're not because as the saying goes, everyone else is taken. Well,
0: it's very true. Very true. Yeah. Great line. um, I suppose we were talking there, Victoria, about obviously people to do business with, people, etc. But obviously, with COVID, it has affected that ability to go face to face. And we're all either zooming or potentially some people are just purely having WhatsApp calls or regular phone calls. Um, like, how do you approach trying to create that sort of an effective sales conversation when you can't go face to face? Is it still injecting that personality, those little verbal cues that are very much your? way of doing things that people get to understand? Yeah,
2: I think absolutely it's about maintaining sort of who you are. I think the other thing is as well is remembering it's a sales conversation. And I know this sounds like a bit strange, but one of the biggest challenges I've seen um, salespeople having is that all of a sudden they're moved onto a Zoom meeting hmm. and they stop having sales meetings yeah. because they there's, you know, there's fundamentals to me around what you do around a sales meeting. I mean, you should have some sort of an outline agenda if possible. You should have an idea of who's going to come and what their role in the business is. Mm. Uh, You should have a plan about what you're going to talk about and how long that's going to take. You should have whatever you're going to show them. You know, if you're going to show them a demo on screen or a video or whatever it might be, you should have that ready to go. Um, And you should be ready and prepared to ask for the business at the end of that and to agree a follow-up point, I think what's really interesting is that for some people, what's happened is they've moved into Zoom meetings Mm -hmm. and they've kind of lost that sales 101. So all of a sudden they're just having chats and, you know, chats are great. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not a sales meeting. And I think that goes across the board really. So I think the first thing is recognizing that whatever the medium, some of those fundamentals kind of still need to be there. Um, You still need to prep for them. You still need a plan. So I think that's the first thing. I think the second thing is, is deciding what medium works for you. So I've got to be really honest wherever possible. um, I'm really big on trying to get people on Zoom or Teams or Google or whatever, because then you can look people in the eye. You can have that face-to-face interaction, which I think is really different to um, just being on the phone or just on the audio kind of thing. So wherever possible, I would always be encouraging people to do that. And I think that sometimes if people haven't got a lot of experience experience with that, they can feel very nervous about that but it really does fast track your ability to sell. And I think that getting like really confident with some of the opportunities for like on the software out there that you can use and um, is an absolute must if you want to be able to do that effectively. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually starting to see it as a great opportunity rather than, oh, well, I can't go face to face, so I've got to do this instead. Yeah, Because actually there is some really good stuff about this. And one of the really good things about being able to do online meetings is, All of a sudden, instead of having to drive all over the place to do one or maybe two meetings in a day, you know, if you're online, you could do three, four, five, you know, so it really maximizes your time. And 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 you'll never be
1: late for a meeting because you're not stuck in traffic. Yep.
2: You'll never be late for a meeting because you're not stuck in traffic. And the other thing is, and again, I know not this isn't uh, you know sort of everyone's cup of tea, but one of the things that I've um, done with some of my clients is at the beginning of some of those sales meetings, they're saying, look, I'm actually going to record this meeting just for our reference and for some training. Is that okay? Yeah. And 99.9% of the time, people say, okay. What's brilliant about that is you can then actually get, not only watch back what you do yourself, and I know nobody likes it, but God, it's valuable. Mm. Um, or alternatively, you can watch it back with somebody else and get some feedback on how that meeting went. And what's amazing is, is that when you are having a face-to-face meeting, mm. quite often that opportunity is not being available. So the opportunity to fast track your sales skills yeah. is all of a sudden available in a way it's never been available before. So that's a really nice way of um, being able to um, utilize that for your own benefit in effect. Yeah, that's so is that that's where you good. would go back after? After having
1: a conversation, and maybe you'd uh, sort of, you know, I know you're always saying, look, you know, you don't want to leave it open. You want to sort of get the the date in the diary, so so you get that chance maybe to generate more sales, maybe from there. Um, I've always like sort of relied on some of my existing customers, which is, you know, like with that word referral, you know, um, because, uh, I always kind of think, you know, they're actually going to say, Oh, I know Mary Jane and she actually needs something like something like you're offering and you've done with me. So maybe I'll get in touch with her and that's where you're supposed to go. Yeah, I, that would be great. I tell you what, as you were saying earlier, let's do an email intro or maybe we can do a, a, a zoom chat. Uh, the three of us you know and see what's the lay of the land because you're both kind of in maybe in the same industry or whatever um do you uh feel that that is a good angle for maybe generating more sales
2: yeah i mean i think that and it's interesting what you're saying there about you know so sort of how how do we do it how do we get that um sort of nailed down kind of thing mm. um I, I think this is one of the things, again, that marks out the difference between a chat and a sales conversation, because at the end of a sales conversation, you should always have an next agreed action, always. There, there, there shouldn't be any gray about it. And what I mean by that is I think that so often it's the case that uh, I know that one of the things I come up with a lot is that quite often people say, oh, that's been really great. I'll send you a proposal. And you're like, all right, yeah, fine. And then they send you a proposal and then you never speak to them ever again. Um, yeah. <laughs> <so> <laughs> and they bring, or I'll and think they about it. You screen their call. I mean, you know, all and the other. So I think that a lot of the thing for me is making sure that, you know, if it's your conversation that you're having, you need to make sure you've got something agreed that's going to happen and follow up. So if you are going to send a proposal, and I, I think, you know, I call them discussion documents. So if you're going to send a discussion document, that's great. What we need to do now is, I'll get that out to you this week so we can have a little chat about it next week. Is Tuesday or Thursday best for you? Hmm. And for me, that's the key to sales. The key to sales is always to have the next step agreed in yeah. advance. Yeah. yeah. It takes all the chasing out of it. And the other thing is, you know, if someone doesn't want a proposal, they don't want that discussion document, you're going to find out right then before you've done it. Because they're going to say, "Oh, well, actually, you know, I haven't really got time next week," and "Oh, well, I don't know that I really need a proposal." And actually, whatever, at least it saved you the two or three hours it was going to take you on pulling together all that information to send something that then means you can never speak to them again because they ignore you.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Um,
0: you get you get the sentence or the the wording of 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 dread from person, which is. Leave it, leave, <laughs> oh, it yeah. leave
2: it with me. Oh yeah, leave it with me. Oh gosh.
0: no! You didn't. You didn't say leave it with me. Okay. Just, oh, that's <laughs> double.
2: And you know what? But the thing is, though, if you're good, this is where you have to not let them have that. So this yeah. is all. This is all about like keeping the ball. It's about keeping control. So yeah. someone says to me, "Leave it with me." I'll always say, "Absolutely, of course, I can do that." Because that's what they want to hear. They want to hear yes. I will say, yeah. "Absolutely, I can do that." Mm-hmm. In order for me to make sure that you've got everything that you need on that, the best thing for us to do mm. is to pop a quick call in the diary after you've received it. So you're going to have that Thursday, so we need to talk on Friday. Is morning right. or afternoon better for you? Yeah. yeah. And um, and I think this is where it's really easy if they say, leave it with me, for us to go, all right then. <laughs> Well, I'll think no. about it. I'm All not right leaving then.
0: with <laughs>
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm like, yeah. That's, that is, Philip, that is the challenge. So next time someone says that, you have to think, right, like, Victoria says, I'm not allowed to do that anymore. I have to get a next action. And it's purely because, you know, if people aren't interested, the, the challenge is, I think, people don't want to say no. We're also polite. People don't want to say, oh, no, I don't want your stuff. Mm. Um, so it's almost down to us to confirm that it's not a no, you know, if you don't mm-hmm. want this, it's totally fine. But let me know. Don't let me waste the next three months of my life chasing you for it, where it gets really awkward. Yeah. Um, so you're actually doing yourself and them a favor. And you're doing your, the, yourself a bigger favor because you're maintaining the relationship. Because yeah. nobody likes a person who's called them 73 times saying, have you read the proposal yet? Can you ring me back? Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? <laughs> nobody likes that person. No. So they, it saves you from being that person.
0: Absolutely well um I I I make sure that that never happens to me again Victoria I'll have you in the back of my head you know, what would Victoria Ema, do
2: Emma you're going to avoid him gonna have to, Yeah you're going to have to like keep him to this mind you know <laughs> keep an eye on him Oh oh, I'm, oh don't talk to me
0: Amber's yeah. going Ema's going through the hair dye the, of the gray hair I'm giving her Yeah yeah
1: like I'm catching up I, him.
2: Um, yeah, with him
0: leave that with me Emma
2: <laughs> No I will I will
0: um Victoria, it has been a pleasure speaking with you. We do have time for one question, um, which I'm going to hand over to my esteemed partner.
1: So before we round it off, because we, we, we're going to have you back because I seriously um, get, this is, this is like gold, all these points you're giving us. You know, um, There's more to how, talk about. More to yeah, talk. She does, yeah, she does. Yeah. But you, you get to the point where you get them and you go, right, you've got them down, down pat for the one, right? You know, and you know, all businesses are right there looking for the next seal. How do you create a repeatable sales, say, process, you know, so that you
2: aren't chasing that customer again, you know? Oh, right. You know what? So I think there's, there's two different points. I think one is repeatable process and the other is repeatable sales of the same customer. And I think that there's two key things that people don't do here. The first thing is, is that they don't go back front of the sale off, the, off, the, off a customer, People like buy one thing off us, and we're almost like tick, move on. Mm -hmm. I'm like, what are you doing? Like this person thinks you're amazing. Mm -hmm. I think the second thing is is that we don't always listen to those customers. So let me give you an example. Quite often, people might buy, let's say, a course that you're offering. They might, they might buy a course off you, mm-hmm. and they have a fantastic experience on that course, and they like, think you're fantastic, and they go, you know what? This has been like the best course, the best training I have ever done. And what we do is we say, great, thanks. All like, right, we're dead happy, aren't we? Well, I'm like, well, like really oh, yeah. happy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's brilliant. I mean, that's really nice. But, you know, yeah. If, yeah. I used to work in a hotel and the chef always used to say, that's all very well, but, you know, you can't drink compliments. And <laughs> that was always Pretty his thing. Can't, Yeah, when you used to go in and say compliments to the chef, he used to say, well, you can't drink compliments. So it's yeah. exactly the same mm-hmm. thing. So that's really nice. They now think you're amazing. Mm-hmm. The challenge that we have then, though, is that we tend to walk away Mm -hmm. And what we should do is one of two things. One is we might already have an add-on or a next step product or service. So when they say that was amazing, it was the best training in the world, what we need to actually reply to with that immediately is, oh my goodness, I'm so pleased that that's gone well, you know, and that you've enjoyed it. Actually, if you've had a good result with that, what you might want to consider is this stage two set of training I do. It's fantastic because, duh, 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 duh. but you're now into actually saying and um, turning that I had a great experience there into a second sale. The challenge is, is though, sometimes people don't have a second stage. Yeah. So, like, you yeah. sell the first thing and people go, That was amazing. And we go, Great. And we walk away. And it's like, Oh, mm. the trick is to use your customers, use them to tell you what they would like. So, if they say, That was amazing, it was like the best thing I've ever had. I'd yeah. be like, oh my goodness, I'm so pleased you've had a great experience. I'd love to continue to support you with this. Mm-hmm. What else do you feel would be helpful to you right now? This is really helpful for two reasons. One is, is that by the time you've done a couple of customers, all of a sudden you've identified that there's a brand new product that you can create there. But yeah. the second thing is you've already identified three people who already want to buy it because they've said, this is what I would like from you. And I think that that's where we don't always take advantage and get on the front foot. I think the other thing is, is that in an ideal world, thinking about things like retainers and ongoing um, like revenue is something that's always in the back of people's minds. Mm-hmm. And Sometimes it's about actually being but brave enough to say, well, you know, if you enjoyed the training, you can have me on speed dial. You know, you can have me on speed dial. You could be one of my... VIP customers, where you can pick up the phone and talk to me anytime you want about, I don't know, for example, your, your current social media campaign, yeah. just by coming on Retainer. It's actually, re, it's, it's a really manageable um, investment and you're going to get a great return on that. Is that something you'd like to talk about? And mm. again, I think it's just about being ready, but it's about being ready at the point where they say, that was great, I really enjoyed it. Um, because that's when the, eye, it's that whole thing, strike while the iron's hot, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, And then you don't feel like you're selling and they don't feel like they're being sold to
1: either. So. Of course
2: not. Mm. Of course not. And why wouldn't, why wouldn't they want to hear about what else they could do with you? And you've just done an amazing job for them. I mean, Um, and you've just given us loads of amazing advice. Exactly.
0: So leave that with me, Victoria. (laughs) 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 So Victoria, it has been an absolute pleasure having you today. Um, It's hard to believe we've come to the end of the show. Before we go, tell people where they can find out more about you and what you do, Victoria.
2: You can fi- Well, you can find me. I have two hangouts. I hang out on my website, which is www.buzztastic.co.uk mm-hmm. but I'm all about relationships so what you should really do is come and find me on LinkedIn, where yeah. I am on LinkedIn forward slash Victoria Fleming, because do you not know who I am? I have been on LinkedIn for a million years.
0: Aha! Yeah! Uh-huh.
2: <laughs> so I come and find like... me come I'm and I'm find me and share a pirate Victoria? joke
0: yeah nice. well that reminds me Victoria here's my pirate joke for you if you're stuck what is a pirate's favourite social media content
2: I don't know I've not heard this one give it to me
0: a webinar Oh. <laughs> thank you very much
1: Yeah, that was back in the, (laughs) that was back in the good old days when the jokes were good. Uh, But anyway, um, I want to say thanks, Victoria. We've had so, we've had such a great time with you. You've given us such great tips. um, And I know that people are going to just want to re-listen to this again and again. So we really want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, And Philip? Uh, what did you think? Did you enjoy yourself today?
0: I did. I learned loads today from Victoria. I will never say, Leave it with me ever again. And I'm I definitely
1: be, won't be saying that to you.
0: I'm going to be action Twyford from now. On.
1: <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. Write <laughs> that one now. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh... um,
0: well, I suppose, Emer, all I have to say now is if you enjoy today's show, you can catch it again. And the other show is on Podbean, iTunes, Spotify, and of course on the Dublin South FM website. Please do download and subscribe so you won't miss an episode. And until next Friday at 2 p.m., I've been Philip Twyve at The Curly Marketer.
1: And I've been Emer Duffy of Fit Social Media, your social media personal trainer.
0: And we'll see you next Friday at 2 p.m. for more Let's Get Social.
1: See you then. Bye.